Take TPV Radio with you 24-7. Just download live 365 app from your Apple or Google Play Store. Like us on Facebook at TPV Radio or www.tpvradionetwork.com. Walk with us, family. Let's go. You're listening to The Voice, the Sunnest Voice Radio Network. Are you ready to walk? Let's go! This is AR Base. Keep it locked right here on TPV Radio. You're listening to the hottest, most off-controversial, off-the-meters Christian radio station in the land. In the land. The Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Are you ready to walk, family? Let us go! Starting with the Thomas Voice Reloaded on Sundays at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. Then the Thomas Voice presents by booking only Tuesdays. It's the Grub at 1 p.m. Followed by Victory Over the Weights of Life with Sister Deanne Lebrine at 6 p.m. Thursdays, Real Talk. With Pastor Byron Sago at 4.30. Followed by Dorothy Patterson, the reality coach, at 6 p.m. Friday, Music of the Spirit with Trey Milner at 4.30 p.m. And Saturdays is our double hitter. And it starts with Saturday for Bet with Sister Lorraine Brown with Roberta Jones at 11 a.m. Central. Followed by Brother Don Presents with Pastor Gene Homer at 4 p.m. Also download Live 365 and search the Thomas Voice Radio Network and you're in there. You can also follow us on Facebook at TPV Radio or visit our website www.tpvradionetwork.com. Walk with us family. Let's go. You never heard Christian radio quite like this. Like this. Get your fix 24-7 on the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Radio Network. to the Spin Award nominated. It's the Psalmist Voice. Reload it right now on TPV Radio. What's good, family? It's your boy, the Psalmist Voice, a.k.a. Pastor Christopher Newton. And you're listening to the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Walk with us, family. Let's go!
Another one.
It is, it, is, it is now time to get your spiritual fix and uplifting word with yours truly, the psalmist voice. Uh, this is the hottest Christian radio show on the planet. Are you ready, are you ready to walk? Let's go! Let's go.
is it is it is now time to get your spiritual fix and uplifting word with yours truly, the psalmist voice. Uh, this is the hottest Christian radio show on the planet. Are you ready, are you ready to walk? walk? Let's, Let's go. go. Okay, family, we are back now. Let me properly introduce everybody in the building. Okay, family, here we go. So we have. Brother Don, but you're going to know him as Coach Steve coming up with the locker room. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Brother Don in the building. Also, you will be very familiar with this man coming up this week. He is the founder of New Vision Ministries in my hometown, Plainfield, New Jersey. Give it up for Apostle. about 13 to 16 inches of snow. It's about 20, 20, 22 degrees here. So it's getting ready to go down. Oh, my goodness. I man. See, that's how it was in Jersey, man. Had them crazy snowstorms and all that jazz. I don't even know what it's like to be in 22-degree weather anymore. Like, I, I teased... <laughs> I tease Brother God and Pastor Gene. If I ever went over in their neck of the woods, I pop, my titanium will freeze. So I need to make sure I bring some WD-40 and some hot chocolate with me just to stay warm. But anyway... It, it, wouldn't, 
It wouldn't that take you long to know where home was after that. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. D, how is it in your neck of the woods? You know what? I was about to say I'm ready to move, but I hear my brother over there has what? He, 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 it's a little colder colder there than 20, 22 20. over here. We've got 28. Oh, well, my God. So I, I don't feel so bad and I don't feel so lonely. <laughs> oh, bless his name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, me, 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 me and Brother Don, we a little uh, spoiled over here in the bottom of the United States because you know, we're we're in the middle, so we're stuck. So it's either hot or it's cold, but the our version of cold is like 50 degrees. Just saying. Crazy. But anyway. Yeah, thank well, you. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, let me go ahead and get some shout-outs out the way. Shout-out goes out to all of you that are listening on Facebook Live. God bless you. Also, TBV Radio, you can download Live 365 and search the Psalmist Voice Radio Network, and you're in there. Also, you can go to our website, www.ttvradionetwork.com. So, shout-out goes out to the First Lady. Uh, over here, CTV Radio, my wife, Denise, God bless you, she holds me down. Also to my kiddos, CJ, Tajanique, Jalen, Tyreek, Ian, and Tajane. Daddy loves you all to pieces. Mwah. And I can't forget my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because he's truly the head of my life, and without him... I wouldn't be able to do none of this right now. So I give him all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. So we got a lot going on, lots to cover, new series, how to have a relationship with God, but I'm lost. And I got to give honor to Pastor Jean. She sparked this, and now I've studied so much, I'm ready to give give the people of God what they truly need to make their relationship work. With God. So, Apostle right. Walker, you have any shout outs you like to give to the family? Well, listen, I want to shout out to my wife, my daughter, and all the saints uh, from uh, up this way that are listening to us. Um, God bless you, and we're going to have a power, powerful time today. Amen. Pastor Gene, any shout outs? Oh, yeah. To my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, just so grateful for. Because of who he is, and not only my life, but all of our lives, to you and First Lady Nisi for what you do and what you keep on doing. So proud of you. And to my natural and spiritual family, I love you all so much. Thank God for Amen. You. Amen. Well, family, we have a very hot topic, a new series, and again, how to have a relationship with God. Well, most of us can't even keep a natural relationship. Hey, I got the t-shirt and the hat, but we're going to break this down like we always do. So, family, get your Bible. Lock and load. It's time to eat. So, here we go. Are you ready? But I just got to know one thing. Are you ready? 
I said, are you ready? DPP Radio Family, are you ready to walk? Well, I'm ready to walk. Brother John, Tasha Walker, Pastor Gene, are you ready to walk? Ready. I am ready. Yes, sir. Well, let's get it. Let's go. Well, let's break the atmosphere and let's do it right. We have first on the table, we have Jonathan McReynolds with Best Thing and also Houston's own Josiah Kaleeb with Rifle for Worshippers. You are listening to the hottest, most controversial, awesome meat rack, just radio show in the land. It's time to know how to have a relationship with God. You feel lost? I did too. Come right back. We'll be right back after this. Don't you dare. Keep moving. It is, it, is, it is now time to get your spiritual fix and uplifting word with yours truly, the psalmist's voice. This is the hottest Christian radio show on the planet. Are you ready, Are you ready, ready to walk? Let's go. go. Sometimes life can weigh upon your shoulders. Pressure too heavy for me to shoulder.
What's good? It's your boy, Josiah Khalid. Listen, you're listening to the Summer's Voice Radio. Walk with me. Let's go.
Hey, what's going on, home team? This your boy Gino Worldwide, Pastor Gino, man of Free Wave Radio, Generation Now Church in Murfreesboro. Hey, you are now listening to the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Walk with me, family. Let's go. It is, it is, it is now time to get your spiritual fix and uplifting word with yours truly, the Psalmist Voice. This is the hottest Christian radio show on the planet. Are you ready, are you ready, ready to walk? Let's, Let's go. go. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Now, 
the Apostle Paul, who had all, who had about as close a relationship as one could possibly have with God in his life, still longed for a closer relationship. Now, indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and counted them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. Uh-oh. But that which comes through faith. Key word, faith in Christ. Philippians chapter 3, chapter 8 through 9. Now, no matter where we are in our walk with Christ, we can always have a closer walk and even glorified in heaven. We will have all eternity to grow in our relationship with our Lord. So, y'all know how I like to do things. I like to give people some basic skills. And, of course, I got five basic things we can do to have a closer relationship with God. So, here's the first thing. We can do to have a closer walk with God is to be able to make a daily habit of confessing our sins and being transparent to him. Now, if sin is a barrier in our relationship with God, then we must put it in the forefront. It's a daily battle. It's not something that we could just do. Like I like to say, two minutes in a microwave, press start, presto changeo, it's done. You got instant faith. No, it doesn't work that way. It is a process. And in this series this year, we're going to cover relationships. We're going to cover the, the process of your relationship with God and your purpose. You will find out by the end of 2020-21, you will know who you are in God. When we confess our sins before God, he promised to forgive us, 1 John 1 and 9. And forgiveness is what restores a relationship that has been strained. We must keep in mind that confession of our sins, our relationship to be closer to God is more than simply saying it, that I'm sorry for my sins. It's a harsh felt condition for those who can recognize that their sin is an offense to the holy God. It is a transparent confession and relationship to the one who realizes that sin and he sent his son Jesus Christ to the cross to die for that sin. Luke 18 says, God be merciful to me a sinner. Also, King David wrote, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite height. Oh, God, you will not despise. Psalm 51 and 17. So, first question goes to the family. What is the first thing we must do? To have a closer relationship with God. Brother John, 
you have the floor. And after that, Apostle will take it and pass the G. So, Brother Don, you have the floor. Amen. You know, I can, you know, I'll speak to myself, and I and I and I pray this ministers to to others. And you know, me and my sister Pastor Jean had taught on this last year, and I think one of the most critical things that we can do is a place that we really don't understand in the gravity of repentance. You know, you had made a good point in your opening icebreaker that. Sin does separate us from the presence of the Lord. Sin does. But through Christ, and that's where I'm I'm glad you pulled this topic out about relationship. Uh, Through Christ, our relationship with him allows us to take on that righteousness that's necessary to be in the presence of God. And I think the main thing is that we have to do as a body is we really have to understand what true repentance is, what's what, what true laying your heart on the altar really means, you know, because a lot of times we approach things like repentance, like we approach other, approach other things in, in life, you know, is, is we, we don't put the weight on it. We, we kind of just mull it over like it's just one of those things that we do. But, no, this is the essence of our life is repentance, and we got to really get down and figure out, what, I, what do I need to understand about this thing called repentance so I can put on the righteousness that was laid out before me so I can be in the presence of my Father? And, and I, you know, for the, I hate to say it, but for the church today, I think they lost that element of teaching and bringing people to a place where they know how to repent. You know, it's just not a mere thing, you know, I'm sorry, go about my way, and I'm going to, you know, a week or two be back in the same boat that I was prior to. No, it's deeper than that. You know, you, you repentance is almost like a surgical process that has to take place. And, and you know, my sister had brought that out when she was teaching, you know, it's, it's a cutting away, allowing God to cut away to, to come in, you know, because that's going to be the first step. If you want a true develop a true relationship with your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If you do want to get in the presence of God, repentance is going to have to be something that you really, really understand. And, you know, I, and you just got to get in the Word and, you know, just go back to some of the teachings here on TPV, you know, because we really covered that. We hit it hard about repentance. You know, we, we talked about, I think it was David, and we talked about Saul, the different um, and repenting there, you know, and, and it was a couple other um, uh, narratives that we, you know, covered in that time. But for me, and I'm still learning today, and I'm not ashamed to say it, understanding what true repentance is, because I do. I want to. I want to have a relationship so deep because the Lord had me studying Elijah, and I'm, I'm kind of curious. This man Elijah was just so unique. His relationship was so great that he spoke what God spoke, you know, and and I want to be at that place. So for me, the key would be repentance. Amen. 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 Apostle Walker, how can we yes, draw sir. closer? Some of us don't know who we are. So how can we draw have a closer relationship with God? 
You have the floor. Well, I, I, I tell you, my brothers, uh, uh, the way we can draw closer, and it's, and it's a shame that many believers are, are not as close as, uh, as God or the Lord would intend them to be. It, it's no fault of his, but it really lies with us. One, we're not, we're not, we don't have a daily regiment. And, of course, if you can create a daily habit, then you can uh, shore yourself up. You can fortify, if you will, your life. We need to have a prayer regiment. We need to have a scripture uh, regiment where we study the word. I study the word every day. Um, I pray every day. Um, I, I just started a new uh, prayer with my wife where we're do you know we're gonna uh, a prayer challenge with the family, my daughters and whatnot. That we we want to pray thirty days, challenge each other in the area of praying. So sometimes you can't just be a prayer a prayer warrior, but you don't study your Bible. You, you can't just study your Bible, but you don't pray. You, you can't just do that and don't have no fellowship. There, there, there's many different things that we can do, but I think these are very important things that we need to do is, is have a prayer life because that prayer is talking to the Lord, and we need to talk to the Lord at all times. And uh, Luke, he says, uh, chapter 18, he says, uh, uh, to this wise, I say that men ought to always pray and not faint. So if, if you get a prayer life, you'll, you'll find yourself not passing out over life's circumstances. And and as we continue to stay in the word of God, God will reveal things to us uh, that will shore us up. So I, I think the, the, the reason why many people falter is for this very thing. They, they, they want a closer walk, but you got to understand... He says in um, Philippians 2 and 12, he tells us to work out our own soul salvation. He tells us to work out. What do you work? You're not working to be saved. You're working out what he's already worked into you that you are saved, but you're working out to be better. You work out the deposit that's in you. And, and if we can do that, we'll find ourselves closer to, to the Lord. It doesn't mean you won't make mistakes. It, won't, it doesn't mean that you won't. Uh, Mr. Mark, but again, I heard the uh, the pastor there saying about repentance. Uh, if I may say this, and, and the brothers may, uh, if they agree with this, I often look at uh, you know Israel's uh, plight when uh, John came down to the Jordan and he was baptizing them. It said that they came down confessing their sins. Uh, his message was for them to repent, turn around. And, and uh, realize that the way you're going about it is not God's way. So you need to turn around. That's the basic idea of repentance. But then it came down confessing. I believe as believers to be, a, to be whole. Once you are saved, we don't need to confess to get saved, but once we are saved, we need to have a life where we're repenting for wrong thoughts, wrong conversations, wrong, you know, different things that kind of plague us. And when we put that all together, I want to tell you something. You'll find your life is you're like a free bird, and you're able to accomplish things. It won't be a problem apologizing. It won't be a problem listening to other people. It won't be a problem taking correction. So I think these are some of the things that we need to do uh, to, you know, to be more shored up and to have a uh, uh, a closer walk. And then let me just throw one scripture in there. Uh, when Jesus said at the end of John 15. The end of that scripture, he said, remember he talked about he was the vine, they were the branches. But he said, if you don't abide in me, 
the thing is, he said, you can do nothing of yourself until you realize that no matter what you do, you can't do it by yourself. If you let the Lord help you with it, you better do a lot of good things. So that that's what something I think is important there. Amen. Pastor G, your thoughts. Amen. Amen. You know, the thing that I find is that we have to really understand that relationships are required. Even in the book of Genesis, when when God begins uh, to uh, manifest creation, we find that God created man because he desired to have a relationship. And I remember thinking, why would the, the creator of all things who had Christ there and had the, the angels there, why would he be lonely? And, and there was one interpretation said that I, that I'm lonely, I will make for me a man. So God himself desired relationship. So if the creator desired relationship, would it not reason uh, to think that he that he desired, he, he, he uh, created us to desire relationship? If he created us for intimacy, which is relationship, then would he not put the same desire within his creation for the same thing. Amen? So if we have to understand and get that established because I find that a lot of us don't, you know, we, we perish for lack of knowledge. You know, we don't understand and we think it's optional. There are, there are certain things that God himself uh, designed for us, but we think it's optional. But it's not. If God created us for intimacy, if God created us for a relationship, then wouldn't it reason that he put a desire in us also for relationships? And, you know, I begin to, to look at uh, uh, different situations, and, 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 and I feel that because we've been exposed sometimes, not in every situation, to toxic relationships, you know, it, it kind of... It kind of takes the, it quenches a desire in us to have any type of relationship, and that eventually spreads to even having a relationship with the Lord. And when we've been exposed to toxic relationships, then we go in our mental perception of things, and, and then we define how we will situate ourselves to have every other relationship. And, you know, brothers, while we're on it, I begin to look up the different types of relationships. And I find that, you know, knowledge is wisdom. Knowledge will lead to wisdom. But, but you know, there, I believe that there are six types of relationships. We have friendships, Uh-oh. family relationships, romantic uh, relationships, professional relationships. Then we have a relationship with ourselves. Now, who would have thought? Who would have thought mm. that I needed to have a relationship with myself? And what that involves Uh-oh. and how do I do that? And last but mm. not least is a relationship with God. And you perhaps I should have put that first because that Amen. relationship, God mm. determines and it flows into all of the other relationships. Amen. 
But you know, maybe, maybe, maybe we haven't considered what it means to have a relationship with ourselves. And if we Uh don't have a relationship with ourselves, people of God, how in the world can we have a healthy relationship with anybody else, including God? Oh. You know, I mean, and that's probably yeah. a whole nother psalmist. How do I have a relationship? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, to be honest with you, a lot of times the relationship that we have with ourselves is very toxic. Don't, 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 So stepping back to the drawing board, we have to first realize that God created us for relationships, so it is not an option. And do you know what, I, what, I, what God began to show me? When we do not embark on those relationships, do you know what we are? We are a very lonely person. Mm-hmm. And do you Uh-oh. know what I found out about people who are lonely? They're full of worry. and They're full of anxiety. Amen? Mm. They're not happy people. They are very negative. It, it affects, did you know that loneliness affects your immune system? Mm-hmm. When you're lonely, it, it's very difficult to rest and sleep. A lot of people are wondering why they can't sleep, why they're depressed, amen? Why they, they're always Uh-oh. sick. Could it because you're lonely? Mm. Are we there? Are we Say there? And, and you know what? Yeah. It's hard on your heart. <laughs> H-E-A-R-T. Loneliness mm-hmm. is hard on your H-E-A-R-T. Amen? Uh-oh. And it, it, leads wow. to, it leads to more and more and more anxiety. So what does that tell us, people of God? That God created mm. us for relationships. God created Uh-oh. us for, for intimacy. So when we are not, when we're not <laughs> allowing ourselves to uh interact with one another. That's why he called us the body. Because a body has to they're different functions but they all work together. Amen. So this is how God Amen. created us. And if we're resisting that, could we not also be resisting the very purpose that God created us? Mm. Wow. That's heavy. Now see this is what I this is what I love about this is the fact that God's been calling for our attention for centuries, and as the human being, the cre- His creation, as we grew and evolved and knew how to make things and do things and all this stuff, it seems as though our relationship tended to go further. And further away And what we have to understand Is that Without The relationship of God We are nothing I don't You can You can build an empire All you want On your own But there's no intimacy In what you build If you don't put God in it There's no love There's no compassion you're just doing it just to outbeat Joe down the street. Like, come on. But let me let me get a little deeper here. Now, the second thing we can do to have a closer relationship with God is to listen when God 
speak. Uh-oh. This is going to be a good one. Now, all of us have different interpretations, different theological teachings in regards to hearing the voice of God. Now, many today are chasing a supernatural experience of hearing God's voice. But the Apostle Peter tells us that we have something more sure. The prophetic words to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 19 that more sure prophetic word is the Bible. Uh-oh. Wait a minute. I thought the more prophetic word was on Facebook. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, no. I, I thought the more prophetic word was Prophet Karn. Uh, oh, hold on. Uh, I thought the more prophetic word was my bishop. Uh-oh. Well, no. It says, is the Bible. In the Bible, we hear God's voice to us. It is through the God-breathed words, scriptures, that we become thoroughly equipped for every good work. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. I don't think y'all hear me. So if we want to grow closer to God, we should read his word regularly. In reading his word, we are listening to God speak through it by his spirit who illuminates the word to who? Us. So I thought, Thomas, wait a minute. I thought when the prophet came to the house and he gave me a prophetic utterance, I thought I was hearing the voice of God through the man servant or woman servant. Here's a question for number two of drawing closer to God. I got to hear this from the panel. And I'll start with you, Apostle, because I know you're deep in this. I thought that hearing a prophetic word from a man or woman of God that's hearing the voice of God. So why is my relationship still so far off? Your thoughts. Uh-oh. Pastor, are you there? Yeah, I'm there. Uh, uh, I, I didn't hear that part uh, uh, that you just commented on. Oh, I was talking about we have all of these interpretations of prophetic utterances. We have a man, a woman of God that'll come into the house and tell us that we're hearing the voice of God through the man or woman servant coming to our house of God. But it says here in the word that we hear the voice of God through the scriptures we read. So here's the question. Why is my relationship still so far off when 
the prophet, man or woman, come into the house? I'm confused. So can you tell me what's the difference? If a man or woman of God is coming to my house, giving me a prophetic utterance, am I hearing the voice of God? Your thoughts? Well, it, yeah, well, you know what? I, I just say, and whether the panel agrees with this or not, I, I believe in a word from those who are uh, over you, those people that are that anybody's aligned with, uh, they would have insight to your life. Now, uh, the, the, I think the word a big overplays on the word prophetic utterance. Everybody's speaking prophetically. I want to speak prophetically. I'll speak prophetically. So everybody's speaking a prophetic word when really, as Paul told Timothy, study the word. If you study the word, that's where you really get your true insight from is through studying. Not through somebody telling you all the time. So I tell you something, you become like a little baby because if you have to depend on somebody just to always feed you, always gift you, you never know how to really grow up and how to become mature yourself. Now, there's one thing to be able to ask questions to people in leadership, but this, I think, you know, in this day and age, we've gotten over inundated with somebody giving us a prophetic word. I, I, I'm very cautious about that because uh, my brothers and sisters, I look at it this way. If somebody gives me a prophetic word, the word that they're given today is not like the word that was given back in the day because those words are written in your Bible. Nothing I say is never in Scripture. It's, I might repeat something, but is it for me? Or am I just repeating something that was said in the word that I feel has a correlation to me? So, so I think that uh, we have to be very careful with this uh, prophetic utterance. I'd rather take people to the scripture and show there's, there's many scriptures that can show people what they need to do and how they need to uh, operate in the, you know, the things of God. So that's I, I, I just think there's a big problem there when we start using the prophetic language. It can be dangerous. Mm. Yeah. And and I've noticed that too, you know, because it's like a big fad. I'm not I'm sorry to say fad, but that's what it is. Every everybody's a prophet. Everybody has a prophetic utterance coming from the throne room. I saw the angel in the corner of my room and it was a bright light and he came forth to my bed and I saw an angelic hand come from the light. God's trying to tell you. See, this is the stuff that makes people very confused when it comes to having relationship with God. Now, am I saying that God won't come to you? That's not what I'm saying. Am I saying that there's no angels that will protect you? I'm not saying that either because I could truly say angels are real, but that's a whole nother show. But I wanted to get some insight on our brother from California. He is a youth pastor. He's in California. He always wearing his hat on fleek. Ladies and gentlemen, Pastor Nehemiah Fulbright is in the building. What's good? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thanks. Uh, it's definitely a blessing to be on the line and, and uh, you know, speaking on this matter about relationships. And uh, uh, I just praise God for everything I've heard. So it's amazing to me the relationship that, you know, we should have with the Lord to where I absolutely agree. We first get familiarized with God's voice by reading our Bible. 
But the Bible clearly tells us that all the things that Jesus did and all the things that he said, there's not enough book that can be written to record everything that was said there. So as we read our Bibles, we get familiar with his voice. We, we hear his sound. The more I talk to Pastor Chris, I recognize his voice. So now when he calls me, if I don't have call ID, I can still recognize that I'm speaking to Pastor Chris. It's the same way in the spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to speak to you. He wants to reveal things to you. Uh, in, in the book of Acts, it's, it's amazing how God works. God was just dealing with me uh, on this matter. In the book of Acts, uh, there was a man named Cornelius. Cornelius, he gave his alms. He was doing the things that he learned of Christ. Everything that he knew what to do, he did it. The Bible says he built a memorial up to heaven. So with him doing these things, God kept record of this. This was being deposited into his heavenly bank account. God kept record of this. When God got account of what Cornelius was doing, God sent an angel to Cornelius telling him to go do something. He heard from, the, from God, through God's spirit, through an angel, to go visit Peter. At the same time, God had spoken to Peter to give Peter a revelation in a dream. This wasn't anything that was written down. This was something that was new. The Spirit spoke to Peter. Cornelius heard. Cornelius sent people to Peter, and he was able to get revelation in a word from Peter. So can God give a word to somebody to give to you? Yes. We clearly see it in the book of Acts. Now, today, if we want to be those people, we have to be like the, the people who Peter was. The, the apostles, if we want to be those people who's receiving from God, we have to continually be drawing nigh to him as we're talking about relationships. All of us know if we want to have a relationship with somebody, you got to talk to them. You have to spend time with them. And then the more time you spend with them, the more information you're going to get. You might get some information off top when you're first trying to get that, that fine sister that you're approaching or that that fine man that you're trying to get with, you might get some information off top and have a little bit of knowledge, but to really get into the deep things, to really connect with that person, you must spend time. There must be sacrifice that's made. When you do that, now you're trusted with more information. Now God gives you more. In that relationship, you get more. And God gives us more, as he gave to Peter, as he gave to Cornelius, because Cornelius built a memorial up to heaven by him being faithful. So, yes, God can definitely still speak things that are not written in the Bible, but they have to align with his words. And when I say align, that means that they should be a, it should be a familiar voice. It should be a voice that you recognize that, that you can say, this sounds like God. Praise God, Pastor Chris. Amen. Amen. Brother Don, you have the floor, man. What's going on? Amen. Um, I'm going to touch on that prophetic there because that's near and dear to my heart. I mean, I I come up in the prophetic ministry. I know the prophetic is absolutely imperative for the body. But I do have to agree with uh, Apostle in the sense that sometimes, and, I, and I've seen this firsthand. I'm not saying something that I heard. I'm saying something that I witnessed firsthand. You know, we were a small assembly. My pastor was well-connected um, with a lot of other apostles and prophets and whatnot. And we would hold, you know, uh, conferences at the church. 
And no matter what conference we held, the same people came. I mean, it was packed. You say come and worship with us, nobody would come. But we say a prophet was coming, and we would pack the place up. And, you know, and, 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 and I love the prophetic. Um, you know, I, I, I say that, you know, in my teachings, you know, I, I teach prophetically in a sense of, you know, I see what God wants. But we got to remember now, when I was just reading in 1 Kings, when Elijah came to town, people came out and ran up to Elijah and said, what did we do wrong? I'm just paraphrasing. They hated to see the prophet come because the prophet was going to bring correction. The prophet was going to come and tell them a place that they needed to, to get things straight, to get back where they needed to be. The prophet, Elijah didn't come to say, I'm going to bless you. God's going to bless you with a new house, new car. Uh, you're going to get some money, unexpected check in the mail. So he didn't come like yeah. that. And I think what yeah. happened is, and what we got so accustomed to, and, and 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 a lot of times is that people would actually worship the prophet over the one that sent the prophet. Uh-oh. They would cling to the prophet more than they would cling to the one that sent the prophet. And then now you're in a perverse situation. So guess what? Everything that happens in that atmosphere is going to be somewhat perverse. You're not gonna you're not gonna you're not gonna hear what you need to hear. And if that's what you think the prophet is gonna tell you something to change your situation, and then trust me, you know, it it I'm not knocking the prophetic. I, I you know, I am I'm, I'm uh I come out of that ministry, so I'm not knocking mm-hmm. it. And I think prophets are being raised today, even as we speak, to speak the true word of the Lord. But I just seen too much come out where people would actually be codependent upon the man. You know, not not saying that, you know, hey Lord, Lord speak to me, but prophet, prophetess speak to me. And it to me it, it's it, it's a great thing, but it can be dangerous in the same sense. If that's what you're depending on a man or a woman to set your course, a man or woman to give you Instructions. Um, that's where I kind of have an issue with the prophetic. That's that's Amen. where you know the the, the thing comes in, and, and and I don't I don't run with every prophecy. I was taught by my spiritual father. You know, some of these things, you know, it's, you got to shelve and line up with the words. You know, because you got to make sure it didn't come from a soulish place. You got to make sure this came straight from the throne room. You know, and sometimes. You know, you just get a word from the Lord and you run out and you go, wait a minute, this isn't working out. See, because it's got to line up with the word. It has to. It has to. If it doesn't, then it's not of God. Plain and simple. You know, but um, I think that we're entering in a new prophetic era. I believe that. I believe that, that and it's, it's going to have to, I know that's another topic, another show, Um but it's going to have to deal with relationships. It's going to have to deal with relationships, you know. So, but uh, that's where I'm at, Psalmist. And I understand that that the prophetic has actually made a lot of flaky, flaky believers, you know, because that's their sole purpose. I've seen people travel the com- country going from conference to conference to conference. They would put on, they they they, they 
I need a word from the Lord, sir, or a dress, or a suit, sit in the front row just so they can get the attention of, of the man and woman of God that's there that's supposed to be prophesied. And, and, and it's, it's just really kind of set, set a bad temple in the body of Christ, you know. And I'm glad you brought this out because it is a controversial, touchy topic. It, is, it really is, you know, because like I said, I believe in the prophetic. I know it's one of the part of the fivefold ministry. And if it wasn't important, God wouldn't establish it. But I think sometimes the way that we approach it, family, is we got to understand that, that, you know, the prophet is an office within the body of Christ. Same as the teacher, same as the pastor, same as the evangelist. And it all comes from God. And we got to hang on that. And it's just not the man because I know some prophets think that they're better than, than evangelists or teachers. Or, we're all the same body. We all have the same function. It's to glorify our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, Pastor yeah, I know you got something brewing over there because, yeah, I agree the prophet has some significance, but the way we've been showtiming the prophets, it seems as though we're looking for the two minute, like I like to say, we're looking for the press two minutes on the microwave, give me a prophetic utterance, press the start button, and boom, it manifests. The prophet was designed to warn and to edify. Now we have the prophet's Telling us we gonna get rich, get a we got a Bentley outside if we just turn around three times, touch our nose, do a backflip, and praise work for fifteen minutes, we got manifestation outside. See, this is the nonsense that's going on, and that's why the office of the prophet now in this present day seems to be a popular thing versus something of importance. But I know, Pastor Gene, you have years of experience in this. Uh, in this arena, can you give us some what's going on, Pastor Gene, with the office of the prophet? Seems as though it's drawing us further away from God than for us to draw closer to God. <coughs> Your thoughts? Amen. You know, I believe my Bible says something to the tone of we all can prophesy. <laughs> I believe it also says that, I believe that Paul said that that was a you know that 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 was a gift that we you know we could we could uh, have. All we have to do is pray and ask God for it. And if I'm not mistaken, the Bible itself is very prophetic. I find mm-hmm. that the Bible is a prophetic book. Um, it is. So I feel that that what we've become, uh, and I don't know if we were taught to be this way uh, by our pastors or the fivefold. I don't know what really happened, but, you know, uh, we could speculate, but the, but uh, at the end of the day, it's time to get it right. Maybe we had some false prophets in our lives. Maybe we had pastors who coveted the, coveted the gift. Maybe pastors used the, the office of a prophet to draw people and seduce people and raise money. I don't know. I really don't know, but somewhere we got off. Somewhere yes. we missed the mark. And, and somewhere we became fat 
And we didn't want to go to God ourselves like the people during the time of Moses who said, Moses, you go in here. And then you come back and tell mm. us what God said. Amen. They, they, they forgot Amen. that God led them out of captivity. He led them with a cloud by day and fire by night. But when it was time for them to draw close to God, they said, Moses, you go do it. Then you come back and tell us. But you know what that did? That alleviated them from responsibility because basically their hearts were not in it. So what they were saying mm. with their mouths, they could not do because it was not from their heart. So they were saying, well, if oh. you, t- you tell us what to do and if we want to do it, we will do it. And if not, we don't want to do it. So, it, I mean, you know, we have a whole bunch of excuses. We have a, a whole bunch of situations in the body of Christ. And, and you know, and, and then, again, we have the enemy. He's always trying to pervert what God is establishing. But the Bible says that Christ himself placed the pop prophets in the body as he saw fit. Amen? Mm-hmm. So that Amen. means that if I have a prophetic gift, I don't run all over the place just to show people I'm gifted. That mm. means that I, I submit my heart to the Lord, I live a restrained life, and I allow the Spirit of God in me to lead me, and I, and I offer that gift up as, uh, as, as a service unto the Lord. I, there is nowhere mm. God called the prophet to go out and run around and draw attention to himself and raise collections and use and, and be like a, 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 a prophet for hire. I think we've got mm. off in some places, prophets, you know. But 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 but, yes. but we all can if out of that relationship we can all hear God. We can all hear God for ourselves. But again it goes a lot of times in my heart, I, the prophet that came and gave me a word only confirmed what God had already said. Mm. Any other prophetic word that I got, you know what I had to learn to do? I had to learn to put that thing on the shelf until God mm-hmm. spoke into my heart anyway. Because as I indicated before, uh, uh, you know, there, there are some false prophets out there in the body of Christ. So... It's better, you know, as we mature in the things of God, we understand that God can speak to us. God desires to speak to us individually, but he will send a word to confirm what he has said to us. But again, you can read the Bible and it'll do the same thing. Amen. Amen. Uh Uh-oh. Well, yeah, this, this particular prophet, I mean, prophet, here we go. Let me stop. Anyway, this particular subject can be very, very, this is a, this can be a whole nother lesson in itself, and we're going to get to it, trust me. So let's go get to number three, because we're running out of time. So the third thing we can do to have a closer relationship with God is to speak to him through prayer. Uh-oh. Now, if reading the Bible is listening to God speaking to us. Now, speaking to God is accomplished through prayer. Now, prayer, again, here's another thing that has been very overhyped. Now, we still have some folks that still pray the Lord's Prayer. Okay, that's good. You know, if you don't know how to pray at all, But what I've learned, as you draw closer to God in relationship, 
I talk to God like I'm talking to you guys. That's how I pray. I don't be like, oh, God, let me tap into the third dimension and all the things, all this stuff, all these theatrics that we add. It's a conversation between you and God. And God is listening to those heartfelt prayers. All that other stuff is theatrics. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's just how I've been hearing it for the last 10 years. That's how I've been seeing it for the last 10 years. Maybe somebody could prove me wrong with the, the, with the theatrics. But prayer is an intimate con- conversation. You're not going to talk to your wife and say, Oh, honey, oh, I feel the love of Jesus. And the third dimensions are opening up. God is seeing an overflow in our mess. I mean, come on. Sometimes you might get that deep. It all depends how your relationship is. But a lot of times, it's conversation. Because sometimes our wives will look at us like, what are you talking about? Just saying. Anyway, wanted to throw a little humor to it. Anyway, the Gospels often record Jesus secretly himself, hiding himself away to commune with his Father in heaven. I agree with that, too. Sometimes you have to have your own time with God then you have your corporate time with God with the body and then as husband and wife you have that time now prayer is much more than simply a way to ask God for things we need or want this is how we've been doing it in the last 15 years we end up we ask God like he's an ATM ATM machine with regards to what we're praying about. Consider the model prayer that Jesus gives his disciples in Matthew 6, chapter, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 13. Now, the three petitions in that prayer are directed towards God. May his name be hallowed. May his kingdom come. May his will be done. Now, this is what I was talking about earlier about the Lord's Prayer in regards. Now, some people go to this because they don't have a clue, and they don't know how to pray. Now, with the Lord's Prayer, that's something, that's a whole nother lesson at a whole nother time, but what I'm saying is, as you learn to have relationship with God, you will learn how to have your own petitions, your own requests your own aberration, your own things that you want to present to the Father. It's not about one core thing. Look, the Lord's Prayer is a great blueprint to start, but it's how you finish. And as you draw closer to God, he will give you what you need to say, talk about, give him everything you have need of in regards to your prayer life. Just saying, we're so so quick to go to Psalms, read the Lord's Prayer, and we're good. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. But I believe that as you draw closer in your relationship with God, your prayer will change as you grow in your relationship. So my question to Apostle is, the third thing to draw closer relationship with God is to speak to him 
through prayer. Now, how do I do that when I was taught to do the Lord's Prayer? Your thoughts. All right. Well, I, I, I tell you a couple things about prayer. Prayer is many times, uh, uh, you know, when I came up in church, people said prayer changes things. I, I believe that you can't change something that does not want to be changed. Prayer changes you. You change things. Uh, you change things with your wife. You change things with your husband. You change things with your children because praying, uh, Lord, what am I doing wrong? Lord, show me me. Show me where I'm, I'm defective. Show me how to come out of that. Prayer brings intimacy. If anybody wants to be intimate in their relationship, with their friendship, with their spousal relationship, with their children, I, I get them in prayer. Prayer will draw everything together. Now, the problem is, I, I think when we look at, uh, you know, we look at these things as a doctrine. Uh, Matthew 6, when you pray, pray our Father. Well, that's a prayer. You pray that at weddings. You pray that at funerals. And, and But really, if you ask somebody to dissect that Lord's Prayer, it's really a prayer for disciples. But what kingdom are you praying to come? What kingdom? Mm-hmm. And and I think most people when asked that don't don't really uh I don't think they really think about what they're praying about. They're just praying because that's something that has been taught them to pray. But uh um uh, that to to me I'm not looking for a kingdom to come myself. Uh maybe somebody else is, but I'm not looking for a kingdom. I'm looking I'm looking to go to a heavenly place. But uh, I think when we look centering on prayer, if you want your life to be better, talk to God. If you want your marriage to be better, talk to God. Because that first communication, that's the first line. You talk to God, I suggest to you, if something's going wrong in your life, in your family, it's because of something you're not doing right with God. Everything starts from that point, you know, vertically. Then everything horizontally is going to be affected based on where you're at vertically with God. If that's messed up, you can look for everything else around you to be messed up. So, so I think we need to examine more about what we what we believe and what we're saying in a lot of things that have been said to us uh, in days of old. Wow. Pastor Nehemiah, your thoughts? Praise the Lord. So uh, what I've heard, uh, what I heard in my spirit as you're speaking was basically coming back to basics. Uh, prayer. Prayer is the only thing that is a spiritual communication with God. We never use that word prayer in any other sense unless it's in relationship with a God, a higher being, a source outside of ourselves. So to me, once you hear the word prayer, it's automatically you entering into a state of humility where most of us can't even go to. Most of us are so full of pride. So when I see the Lord's Prayer, I see, like the the apostle said before me, it is a disciple's uh, prayer. It's a prayer that we should all be praying. Why? Because it was taught by Jesus. It was a skeleton. It was a model. God was telling you how to talk to him, how to address him. You do want to come to him and acknowledge him. And, yeah, we don't have time to break down this prayer uh, I actually spoke a sermon on this on mail call and, and spoke on this and broke it down. But this is something that we can do 
at the initial state of humbling ourselves that we decide, made a conscious decision that I need to talk to somebody other than me and that's not a human that I see, but a spiritual. I worship him in spirit and truth. So I have to tap into the spirit to actually fix the situation, to actually get some help. So I see the Lord's prayer as being that thing that we should initially do. If you don't know how to pray, if you did that, that alone will get you into a place to where now you start to become thankful for your daily bread. You're acknowledging God. You're asking God to forgive your sins. God will also put something, somebody in your place that you get to see, hey, I need to forgive somebody. Then, as time goes on, now you know what to pray for. Now when you communicate with God, God, oh, for, for, forgive me. Forgive me. Help me and, and help me to forgive my brother. Help me to treat my brother properly. Lord, I'm thanking you for everything you provided for me in just this day. And then your conversation advanced. If you study math, when you come to math, they always teach you the basics. One plus one. Now you always use that one plus one, even on the toughest equations. But you always, more often than not, you will have to come back and use that one plus one at the basic level other than using that big time prayer, that major quadratic formula that you want to use to solve uh-huh. a big problem. And even in that, you'll have to resort back to the basic to say one plus one. And you'll always have to remember that. So the Lord's Prayer, that is God wanting to talk to you. It's, a, it's an initial step. And then he's revealing to you throughout your life, throughout your day, how you can talk to him. Because now we can pray without ceasing. After we made that first initial prayer, we can pray without ceasing because we do see people that we have to forgive all the time. We do see God. I want your kingdom to come to pass at my job. I want your kingdom to come pass at my kid's school. I want your kingdom to come pass uh, as it is in our heaven. Let it be on earth with even the lawmakers, with our president. And that's how we learn how to pray when we learn those basics. Amen. 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 Brother Don, your thoughts. Amen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to come in at a different angle. I'm going to give you a quick testimony. Beginning of 2019, I just come off a, a year in 2018 on my job where I got all kind of awards for excellence. I got all kind of awards for management, uh, monetary awards for excellence. And beginning of 2019, they put um, a man over me. He became my supervisor. He basically, he didn't say it outright, but he basically gave me the notion that I'm going to make you fail. I'm going to see you fail, and I'm going to do everything in my power to make you fail. So, you know, that that beginning of that year, I'm I'm like, you know, hey, wait a minute, who do you think you're talking to? Man, I got a, a radio podcast. I'm ministering every day. I'm a child of God. Who do you think you, you – no, this ain't going to happen. So I prayed. I started praying. Lord, you got to remove this man. You got to get him out from over me because he's trying to make your servant fail. And I went that whole year, and the whole and it got tougher and tougher and tougher and tougher. And by the end of the year, I was I was worn out. I didn't know what to do, family. I was just at my wit's end. And I just sat down. I was depressed. I was just in a in a funk. I, I just couldn't move. I couldn't operate. And the Lord said, "Start praying for him." What? 
No, no, this ain't God. I bind you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. I'm not praying for this man after the way he's been treating me. Start mm-hmm. praying for him because the prayers of the righteous availeth much. And I just started in the book of Esther. And we all know we cannot pray out of the will of God. And sometimes you have to know God for who he is in every situation in order to pray. And my God is a providential God. So what happened was I started praying for this man at the end of 2019. As soon as I finished praying for my, me and my family, I started praying for him. And it was a bad taste at the beginning. I have to admit, I'm not going to lie to you. I got to be transparent. It was tough. But I would pray for God to bless this man. Give him strength and health. This was the end of 2019. The beginning of 2020, I put in for a job, and I got that job. And that job, I became his boss. Mm. I became his boss. See, the way I was praying, I was praying for God to move him. When all time, God was wanting to move me, but he wanted to show me my heart first. That's right. He wanted, he said, you got some pride in there. You think you're better than this man. You're not better than this man. Start praying for him. Let me get that out of you. Then I can move you. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. sometimes we have to understand, we have to see where we're at when we pray. Because in Luke mm-hmm. it says, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And we know That's that, right. out of, you know, there's good and the good and the bad and the bad. But. How are we praying? Are we listening to it? Are we praying from a mental ascent, or are we truly praying from our heart? Because sometimes mm. as you pray for your heart, God's going to show you some things in there to shore up your heart that you can be that righteous and that you can avail as much in your prayer. And mm. I think that that, I wanted to share that because I just shared that testimony with someone the other day. Because sometimes as we pray, we, 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 when we pray, we, it's all us-focused, us sinning instead of god sinning. You know, we, we, we want it and we want it now. Kind of like that commercial. You want it and you want it now. You know, this ain't J.D. Wentworth. You know, this is the kingdom. Yep. We have to really look at our hearts sometimes as we pray, that we're praying from a place where... You know, God allow God to work on the, on our hearts that we can pray in His will, and that we really can get okay. to that place where we can see things change. You know, because sometimes as we pray, and I've been I've been guilty of this, family. I'm sorry. I give God a laundry list exactly when I want it to happen, how I want it to happen, and give Him all the particulars. Now, there's nothing wrong with praying praying specific, but there's a lot when I center it all around me. And that is the thing that I've learned in the past about prayer. And like I said, I'm coming in at a different angle, you know, because the prayer is important. It's that communication, you know, with, with our Father. But sometimes He uses us strategically to pray. We got to understand that right. too for things and people in this earth. He'll use us strategically. But if you're not, your heart isn't prepared for that, then you'll miss that opportunity. And and I'm glad you brought that out because this gives us an opportunity. I know, man, we done come up with about five different shows just in this 
a little short time, but uh, <laughs> but, uh, but that that's that's the way that's that's what we should be thinking about. That's the way we should approach it, you know. Is you know, I'm just sharing what I've learned, what God showed me. Amen. Amen. Pastor G, put an icing on the cake with this thing. Our prayer is not where it should be. Aren't we supposed to be drawing closer to God through our prayer? Your thoughts. Amen. You know, in Matthew 6, because I'm, I'm trying to get a little scripture in here, it says, uh, uh, Matthew 6, verse uh, 5, uh, Christ, when he was instructing uh, the disciples on how to pray, uh, he actually said, don't pray like the hypocrites do. <laughs> Don't pray like the Pharisees pray, right? Uh, and and uh, he goes on to say, uh, uh, when you, uh, let's see, but when you, uh, so when you uh, pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogue and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, like that repetitious stuff. It goes on to say, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. For your father knows what you need even before you ask him. That's key to me within that scripture. That my father already knows what I need even before I ask him. So then, brothers, why I ask myself, should I ask if he already knows what I need before I ask him? It goes back to the, the subject of the day, relationship and communication. God wants us to interact. He wants us to communicate with him. But you know what? That's just the first step. He also wants to talk back. Amen? A lot of times when we're immature, we just go to the Father and we give him our list of demands, our list list of needs and wants, and then we're up and running. Amen? But as we mature in the things of God, we find out as that relationship is being developed, that not only does God want us to talk, but he wants us to listen. You know, I was just in the store today, and I was thinking I normally try to pray before I go in and plead the blood of Jesus over me and ask him to protect me from any germs or viruses and so forth. But in trying to rush today, I forgot to do it. So I found myself in the store, and there were quite a few people in the store, and I was just humming and thinking and reflecting, and I said, oh, my God, uh, God, I forgot to ask you to, I forgot to plead the blood of Jesus and ask you to protect me uh, as I came in this store. And I clearly heard the voice of God say to me, well, you know, if you take me in the store, that Corona can't, I can't catch Corona. So if I'm with you and you with me, do you think you can catch it? And I was like, wow. <laughs> you know, 
I'm in the grocery store and God spoke this to me. That's how close God, but God wants, wants us to take him with us wherever we go. You know, how much better is that? That I take him with me or I pray and say, God, protect me. Surely if he's with us, Corona ain't going to touch him, amen? And if I'm with him, amen. then Corona ain't going to touch me. So those are the type of conversations and the types of interaction that God wants us to have mm-hmm. with him. Even in do, in, uh, during the time of, of communicative prayer. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, we're at number four, and we're running out of time, but I don't want to rush it. So I'm going to start it off, and then we can pick it back up next week. We can have closing thoughts and shout-outs and stuff like that. And here we go. So let me start it off. This is the final thought. This is number four. Uh, The fourth thing we can do to have closer relationship with God is to find a body of believers with whom we can regularly worship, fellowship, and grow with. Now, there's two parts to this, and again, I'm going to get myself in trouble, but hey, I'm used to it. We have now, in today's church, we have two sides. We have the church body, which is us, our bodies, which we house, which is the church, and then we have... The physical church. Two different churches. Now, how it's supposed to work is when we come together to the house, which is the building, we come together to worship, fellowship, and grow. Now, I'm going to get in trouble with this statement, but what else is new? Do we really go to fellowship as a body, or are we going to a nightclub? Uh-oh. Are we going to a concert hall? Uh-oh. Are we truly going to church, or are we going to a concert? Ah, uh, no, no. See, this is why things like this need to be talked about, because we, we have so many different perspectives, so many different meanings of coming together. Now, we've got so far off on what it was supposed to be, coming together to the house to be refueled spiritually, to be equipped for the week. So when Satan slaps you in the back of your head, you know exactly how to react. I got to stop right there. So I'm going to give my final thought in all this. Listen, we have to understand that Our God is begging for our relationship. We have to be willing to put our pride down, our arrogance in the garbage, and understand that without our God, we can do nothing. Well, God gave me a mind. He gave me a sound mind. I have degrees on my wall. I am decorated. So how can you sit here and tell me, Thomas, I cannot be confident in what I've achieved. That's the problem. You are putting everything on you. Since when or when ever have you given God glory for what you've done, accomplished, your marriage, your church, 
your family, your grandkids, your kids, whatever it is. Have you ever stopped for one second and give God the praise? Because truly, without my relationship with God, I wouldn't be halfway near where I'm supposed to be right now. I want to encourage somebody that's listening. It's not about how you were brought up. It's not about how much Bible you know or you went to the best theology school and all that stuff. All you have to be is willing and God will quicken you with the wisdom of the word of God. Trust me. He will quicken you in the communication with him and you. He will do it. You just have to put you on the shelf. It's not like Brother Don said, this ain't a J.G. Wentworth commercial. It ain't 8777-CASH-NOW or 877-GIVE-ME-MY-HOLY-GHOST-NOW. You got to put the work in. You got to put the process in. And the closer you will get to God, you will be closer to him as he waits for you at the door. Get over yourself. That's my final thought. We're going to go down the line. Let me give a quick shout out. If they're listening, got to give a shout out to Jessica Walker. Got to give a shout, shout out to Carmen, Carla, Forrest, all of you. I love you all to pieces and I'm so glad to be reunited after all this time. God bless you. New Vision family. So, Apostle, you have your final thought. You have the floor. Well, listen, God bless you. I want to thank you for this uh, psalmist, for this uh, venue to be able to talk. And uh, I, I think this builds relationships in itself. So I, I have some other people that hopefully in the future will be able to get together and and expand this relationship to a deeper level. But God bless you, my brothers and sisters, and I'm looking forward to talking with you and sharing with you again. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Well, we thank you. Oh, uh, Pastor Nehemiah, closing thoughts. Praise the Lord. Thanks. So I just want to say that communication is so key. Communication is so key. We have to remember first that we, we want to be able to speak to the Lord, our God, our creator, the one that made us, so we can get to know him. And then when we know him, we can know ourselves because we know where we come from. Once we know ourselves, then we can know how to communicate and speak to other people because God has created them too. Even that person you don't like, God has created them. So we need to ask God for wisdom, understanding on how to communicate with one another so we can have relationship with one another, that we can all find our common ground and not the things that divide us. I want to give a special shout-out to the children at RCCG, Cornerstone Assembly, San Diego, California. If you're ever in the area, come check us out. God bless you all. Amen. What good? Brother John, closing thoughts. Amen, amen. My closing thoughts is to the family and, and those that are listening today. Um, please stay tuned into this series, please, because I think this is really important for the body going forward. It's understanding what true relationship is about. We've commercialized 
and did so many rotten things to the, the the church to where we've lost sight of what true relationship is, not only with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but within the body and with each other. So I think this is a healing process. I think this is a deliverance time. I just think there's so much that can come out of this series. So please stay tuned. I'm excited because I'm just learning as we go along as well. And, and, and I need to tighten up and do better relationship-wise myself. So please stay tuned into this one. Amen? Amen. And Pastor G, your closing thoughts. You know what? I just want to reiterate that God created us. God gave us life. God predestined us. And if we're still alive, it's because he is still desiring not only a relationship with us, but intimacy. And none of us are exempt. And God is waiting for us to come to him because he has a lot of love to show us. He has a lot he wants to say to us. So it's, and it's a win-win situation. And it's ours for the choosing, amen? Because he's already shown us how much he loves us because he died for us so that we could be restored, we could be redeemed, we could be renewed. So it's a win-win for us, and it's, it's, it's up to us. All we have to do is say, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. It's ours if we'd like to receive it. So I adjure you today, consider that that the creator of the universe desires to not only have relationships, but he desires intimacy with the thing that he created. God bless you all. Amen. Well, family, you don't want to miss this Wednesday, 5 o'clock Central, 6 o'clock Eastern, Apostle Dr. Forrest L. Walker, he joins us on today, and we are humbly honored to have him. He will make his debut on TPD Virtual Radio. He will be on every Wednesday at 5. Pastors, bishops, apostles, people with three churches, no matter who you are, bring your questions. He's going to illuminate your mind with the word and bring a fresh revelation of what we've been taught. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to be a part of it. I can't wait to learn what God has for all of us in this season. It is an open invitation to all of you. You can check us out on face on the Facebook page at the Summit Voice Radio Network. You'll see the commercial on the site. Also, the Zoom uh, ID is on there. So, so if you find it easier to just join us on the video side, feel free. We are ready to answer questions. Apostle is ready to answer questions and bridging the gap with what we got going on with all the confusion in the kingdom of God. Y'all don't want to miss it. This Wednesday, actually every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So, family, we got Brother Don. He's coming up. He's got the locker room. He's getting the team ready. He's going to bring it. I just want to thank the panel and the family 
Pastor Nehemiah Fulbright, God bless you. God bless you as always, Pastor G. God bless you, Brother Don. And God bless you, Apostle Walker, for coming on today. So, family, God bless you. You are more than you think and greater than you heard. And when you see the psalmist's voice, when you see Apostle, when you see Pastor Dean, when you see Pastor Nehemiah with his hat on fleek, talk with us, family. Let's go. We'll see you next week. Angelo Veronica, a very good friend, is going to take us out with the truth. God bless you. Break you down.